On the twelfth day of Star Wars, George Lucas gave to me Twelve Mandalorians, eleven snakes are healing Ten porks are roasting, nine ratas rolling Eight Ewoks dying, seven Adas shooting Six Tusken Raiders, five Death Star plans Four heisting crews, three dismembered limbs Two awkward dialogues and a really shitty prequel movie Hello and welcome everyone to day 12 of our 12 days of Star Wars special. We were going to originally cover the Star Wars holiday special, but it was so awful that uh, me and my friends didn't want to do it. So instead, we will be covering The Mandalorian. It was a Disney Plus TV special, and uh, we all liked it. Isaiah is off traveling in New Zealand, so he'll be offline for a couple of months. And when he returns, we'll go back to our original tree of hosts. Anyways, without further ado, thank you so much for patiently waiting for these episodes to come out. This will be the last one. And uh, next time when we do something like this, we'll plan ahead at least a couple of months in advance. <laughs> These things take quite a bit of time. Anyways, thank you so much for being patient with us. And without further ado, is episode 12 of our 12 days of star wars special featuring the mandalorian hello and welcome everyone to our final episode of our 12 days of star wars special that's right we finally reached it even though it's the end of january <laughs> we're gonna be covering close enough <laughs> close enough close enough we're gonna be covering mandalorian we were gonna do the holiday special and then uh, me and Barry were watching it, and then we're like, heck nah. And then we bailed, and then we're like, let's do Mando instead, because it's way more fun. So, Barry, why don't you take us away? <laughs> yeah, uh, this, the, the holiday special, I don't know if I have enough brain cells left to sacrifice <laughs> watching that. Um, I'm, I'm yeah. just going to go over briefly what it is. Uh, it's this infamous holiday special that was put out, evidently, with George Lucas's graces. Way back in the day, I think a little bit after A New Hope. I want to say it's after A New Hope, but before Empire. And way back when, everybody did like a holiday special thing. And it was put out, movies would do it, TV shows would do it. And they were all basically like a variety show. And you would have like artists perform and like a very loose framework of quote unquote plot to drape these little performances and sketches around. And that's what the holiday special was. And the Star Wars one was just fueled entirely by, like, acid and LSD and cocaine. Mm -hmm. It's not good. Yeah. It's not good. It's not even, like, fun bad. It's just bad. Oh, we might have found our <laughs> only movie worse than Suicide Squad. It's not a movie, though. It's a TV special. Oh, darn it. Okay, never mind. Never <laughs> mind. <laughs> Technicalities. <laughs> Technicality. Well, I guess we're re reviewing Mandalorian, which is still te is technically TV, but I would call it more of like, I don't even know if you call call this a miniseries. It's, it's almost like a, a very long feature length movie. I agree. It together yeah. that way. But it is, anyway, I say that, but it is exceptionally episodic, which is something that many people had a problem with for some reason. That's how TV shows work, though. <laughs> yeah, no, but I mean, a lot of TV shows today don't work like that anymore. 
You're right. You're if right. you're growing up on Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime streaming, it's not really how shows work anymore. Like they're all extremely focused narratives. They're all dumped at the same time, right? If there's yeah. a show coming out on Amazon Prime, it's all coming out at the same time. You're going to binge it immediately. There's a certain quality to that. I appreciate the fact that when it's out, I can just get it done with. <laughs> you know, I can yeah. just watch it all at my own pace, at my own choosing. It does have a disadvantage in that if you're like literally a day behind on watching it, <laughs> it's going to get spoiled for you. Yeah. You're right. I missed the release of The Expanse this last season by maybe half a week. I'm just browsing Reddit. I'm like, oh, there's a spoiler. <laughs> did you finish it right away? No, I finished it. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think? Um, I guess we we could devote another podcast to it. It's it's yeah. definitely something worth discussing. I, I really like the show very much. It's not perfect, but it's pretty good television. Great performances. I mean, the writing is up and down. Sometimes they push, they push like these caricatures, like they push certain personality traits like too far. Sometimes the belters will act too much like, like gypsy (laughs) dickheads. Uh huh. Like this is, this is mine. This is our land now. Yeah. They're space gypsies, you know? And it's like, yeah, I mean, I, I understand what you're trying to push narratively. You don't get quite sold on it sometimes. It's like too much, you know? But. That said, it's still a wonderful show. If you just sit back and, and accept that everyone's kind of a dumbass, then it's, it's quite enjoyable. It's about, like, these, these very interesting characters that you run across, like uh, mm-hmm. Ashcroft. Was, was Ashcroft Ashford? Oh, the old, old was man? Was Ashford or Ashcroft? I don't oh, remember. Okay. Yeah, old guy. Old guy, yeah. That's, I like that. Angry old yeah. guy. Yeah, he's great. Like, you start out hitting him, and then you're like, oh, wow, this yeah, guy's got bad. stuff going on. Yeah. And then, uh, spoiler, <laughs> he dies. <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's been out, like, a good couple months now, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, sh- that show was great. We, had, we were really spoiled for choice this last holiday season. Like, we had three, we had The Mandalorian, we had The Expanse season four, and we had... Witcher, Witcher. came out. The Witcher came out, which I, haven't, I actually have not finished watching yet. Ooh. I, I think I... I like the characters and the world, but in terms of like narrative structure, it's not outstanding. It's just pretty just solid, you know? I think I'm in like episode three or four uh-huh. and it has some weird swings in qual- like production quality. I'm uh-huh. not sure if it's just me being nitpicky or even the Mandalorian fell victim to this. Whenever you have a longer series... There are going to be episodes that are clear dips in the amount of money they want to spend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like there, there are the episodes where it's like, let's blow all the budget in this episode, and then there are episodes where we're like, oh my god, why did we, we have blow no our money. budget? Yeah. <laughs> we have five dollars left. Uh, it's so noticeable. Oh, there's like that, one episode that, where they only had one set. And you're yeah, like, what dude, did you guys spend all your you money know, on? You know that Farscape episode you're talking about? When I saw it, I'm like, oh my god, this is real bad. And, and Mandalorian, I was like, oh no, what happened here? What is this? I mean, it's they still managed to make it pretty interesting, but yeah, I'm like, but still, like, I'm like, good lord. <laughs> you can tell where they spent money. We'll say that. Yeah. 
They spent a lot of money on this. Uh, I, I I mess this figure up every time I quote it, but it's something like twenty two million dollars per episode. Yeah, I heard that across yeah. eight episodes, which is which is a feature length picture budget. Yep. Movies get less money than that. Yeah, that's Disney money. <laughs> They're like, we have all these Marvel bucks. Let's throw them at people. I wonder how the pitch for this show went because it's. John Favreau, who we know from Iron Man, uh, Marvel yeah. Universe, and Cowboys and uh, Aliens, Cowboys and Aliens <laughs> yeah. which I feel is a, a pretty strong influence for this. I think so too. I was thinking about that movie the entire time. And Dave Filoni, who was the showrunner and writer for, um, it was either Clone Wars or Star Wars Rebels, like the mm. animated series, which is apparently pretty decent. But this is his first live action offering. Uh, Dave Filoni, that guy knows his Star Wars like very, very well because he's been writing EU stuff for a very long time. You can tell. You can tell in this. Yeah, he he pays great care to make everything fall into canon without necessarily. I don't think the show really pushes canon very much. It doesn't. Yeah, there's a couple moments where if you're a mega nerd, you're like, "Whoa, bro." But it, oh, it really it, the eyeball <laughs> droid. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Most of the stuff is just like, like I've said before. If you're gonna do fan service, just like sprinkle it on top. You know, don't, it's very short. Yeah. Don't make it. Don't make the fan service the core structure of your film, and yeah, or, or your or your plot, and it can be very good. We're looking at you in your trilogy. <laughs> We're looking at you, JJ Abrams. <laughs> yeah, like you have this cool scene where he's meeting like the. Uh, uh, well, I guess we're gonna. I'm not going to dive into spoilers yet, then. I'm not going to dive into spoilers yet. Okay. I'll let, I'll let you give your thoughts briefly here. All right. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I think this is extremely well-done Star Wars franchise movie. I want to call it a movie, just for the sake of comparing it to the trilogy, the new trilogy. And the reason why I liked it is that, man, there's, there's action, but it's even the action is kind of slow-paced. There's just so much time for you to get to know the characters and to like him or hate him, depending on, you know, your personal preferences. But, man, like, you have feelings for a droid, the assassin droid. <laughs> like, uh, you know, the least possible thing, the least possible person that you would think you would be sympathetic towards. I uh, just see him in, like, episode one, and he comes back later at the end. And Taika Waititi's freaking brilliant <laughs> first episodes. And like, you just, you know, you, you like him. And Baby Yoda is darn cute. He doesn't talk. It's not a child actor. It's a, it's a puppet, droid, whatever you want to call it. And I think that's how you do it. Like, you have something there. And it's, it's integral to the storyline, too. It's just, it's just not there to make money or to be cute. Um, but he's, there, he's very cute. <laughs> Baby Yoda is very cute. That thing... It's as far as I'm aware, it's it's multiple animatronic puppets. Nice. Are, it's puppeted by I think like three or four different people, like one person for the hands, one person, you know, et cetera, et cetera. We need to steal one. Uh, we we yeah. I mean, I'm sure that prop is going to sell for five hundred bajillion dollars. Yeah, it goes yeah. On auction, but I mean, look look at the craftsmanship on it because they use CG a lot for him actually, and I don't when, think very many people notice when he walks. Is that it? Yeah, mostly when he walks, because okay. walking's really hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even a couple close-up shots where he's just sitting there are actually still CG, but people don't, if it's like an action that's just difficult to do, puppeted. Or that makes smooth. sense. Yeah, or like when he eats the frog, clearly that's CG. But oh, yeah. it looks so good. It does. It does. 
And I just wanted to end with this. Like, uh, it's great. Check it out. It's slow. The focus is on the characters. It's not about action. It's not about fan service. It's about characters, and that's why it's great. Star Wars needs to go back to this Mandalorian. Like, I know it's not in the same vein as the original trilogy. It's completely different in terms of tone and feeling. But I think it shares the same core in that the characters are the focus and you like the characters and you just want to live in that world. You know, you want to be a Mandalorian. This is the way. (laughs) This is the way. (laughs) Yeah. But I want to like quickly interject here because I was thinking about this. I think that the, the TV structure is brilliant in that it's perfect for a video game an open world video. Just think about this, right? Hear me out. It's a sales pitch to a game developer. Uh, you do. You take on bounties. You go out and explore. You go to different planets or whatever. You get your bounties. You bring them in. You get paid. You bring your loot to your uh, armor master or whatever that person is, and they craft you better armor, and you just get you know you just look cooler. And then if you defeat certain enemies of note. Then you get different weapons based on that, or your insignia, whatever you want to call it, for your clan. And like this, this formula is perfect for a video game. I was thinking about that entire time. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's been. It's literally like 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 an RPG quest. Yeah. <laughs> He's spending the entire show just upgrading his armor and getting yeah. like getting like that 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 prestige armor. Yeah, it looks shiny so shiny prestige. too. It's yeah, so it looks good. great. <laughs> and then at the end. You get you get the jetpack spoiler, <laughs> and oh. just flying around. Oh man, was, that was I was waiting the entire time. Like, where where's this jetpack at? I mean, you know he's gonna get it. You like, know he's from, gonna get it. Yeah, you know he's gonna get it. Everyone the else has it. Not, yeah, the <laughs> question is whether he gets it like in the first series or like the the next season or whatever. Yeah, you know? of yeah. course he's gonna have a jetpack. I'll say this: it can be very slow. Just give mm-hmm. it give it time to breathe because. It's very nice. It's not like Rise of Skywalker where you're on eight planets in the first 15 minutes. Like one of the episodes is 30 minutes of him just walking through the desert. Yeah. <laughs> and like it. five minutes of action and then him walking through the desert <laughs> some more. Ah. You're like, ah. Oh, it's great. This is nice. <laughs> yeah, this is nice. This is nice. Like when, when things happen... They matter. Like when characters die, you feel sad. You feel something when something gets destroyed. Like you know when the Jawas took apart his ship, I was so pissed off. I'm like, and then he just goes after them, and he doesn't talk. He just starts shooting them and blowing them up. Yeah, this and I was is like, how, heck yeah. This is how people should act. It's like yeah. shoot first, and then and then be angry about it later. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking about that scene and um. Monty Python and the Holy Grail, where they try to assault the French and they're just throwing insults at them and <laughs> throw a cow. I just imagine the Jawas as the, as the French and Mando's just trying to like besiege them and they're just throwing insults at him. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess we're in spoilers now. Um, so, yeah. man, people people have said a lot that this is how Star Wars it should have been. This is. This is like classic Star Wars, and it really isn't tonally or narratively. It's not yeah. like the like the original trilogy was very much based on like Flash Gordon adventure serials. You know the the hero with a thousand faces, very very famously, is how uh, uh, Lucas built built his story, and that's not how <laughs> this is narratively structured or tonally structured at all. It's very much a spaghetti western 
mm-hmm. smashed together with like a samurai flick. Notably, uh, Lone Wolf and Cub is the one that gets yeah. that gets thrown around. And all those elements are there. It's like a, a stoic, like upright main character who's like maybe a little rough around the edges, but clearly a heart of gold. You know that character. All the archetypes are are, are here, but it's just in Star Wars. And in that way, it is what Star Wars has always been. Star Wars has always been a reimagining of classic archetypes and storytelling and just thrust into like this incredible Star Wars universe. And in yeah. that way, it is very true to George Lucas's original vision, which was just mashing together adventure serials with a little bit of Western, a little bit of samurai, like samurai, like Eastern influences, but mostly just like very basic story and plot with interesting characters that you grow to like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in that way, yeah. In that way, yeah, it's it's a cool new take on Star Wars. I really like that. It just gets to take its time. Yeah. It really gets to take its time. And there were a lot of people that were watching it episode by episode each week because this was released week by week, which is very different from most streaming services. I, I said earlier that they usually dump the entire season all at once, but this was really serially... Once a week, right up until the f- final, no, the the penultimate episode, which was released a few days early for reasons that we'll discuss in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> but they take so much time with the show. It's just nice. As yeah. opposed to Force Awakens or Rise of Skywalker, a little bit less so Last Jedi, where they're just rushing you through everything it's like oh let's just get it over with and you're like but i want to see more star wars <laughs> what'd you think of uh what'd you think of the characters that were not mando oh i really like them they're very interesting they just felt like unique individuals that you would run run into like quill the uh they're kind of old guy who's just there. He doesn't want to harm anyone. He's a mega old guy. Yeah, mega old dude. He's just there. He bought his freedom from uh, imperial slavery by doing quality work. He's an expert engineer. The story is not afraid to go places. And here's another spoiler. <laughs> Quill dies at the very end trying to protect baby Yoda. And you, you feel it. You're like, oh, you just kind of like... It really said because he was he was around yeah. for quite a few episodes. And you don't believe it. You're like, oh, he can't be dead. Does he? He'll get up, right? And it just like the framing of that scene too was incredible. In that they just show him there lying on the ground. They don't really dwell in that moment. They just give you enough to realize that he's dead, and then it moves on, and you're just like, no, <laughs> bring uh, him back. Yeah. It's it's sad because. Yeah. Because he's an interesting character that you like. Because yeah. uh, he's just—he's just a good man. He's yeah, probably right. like—he's probably the only person in this entire series who's you could probably say is one hundred percent a good person. Yeah, definitely. He has no malice towards anyone. The only reason he helps Mando is to help 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 find peace. You know, yeah. And, and at the end, to help protect Baby Yoda. He's not there to kill people. He's not there to collect bounties. He's just like helping out. It's kind of cool. And he doesn't even have any ill will towards the Empire. He just, you know, he just looked at a situation. It's like, how can I get out of this? And then he just worked his way out. And I, I find that incredible, too. Like, just a stoic guy. Yeah, plus, plus he's got the amazing line, I have spoken. <laughs> yeah, I've spoken. 
Like these neat little touches. Yeah. You got. You gotta. I gotta work that into the common vernacular now. <laughs> I've spoken. Instead of saying goodbye, just I have spoken and then I've just spoken. walk away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and like that's neat in that. Uh, so like the Star Wars movies, how they used to operate was look at this crazy looking alien. He looks different. He sounds different. But for Quill, I mean, obviously he looks different, but the way they kind of differentiate how how he's an alien is that that one phrase, like you mentioned, I've spoken. Like, you know that there's a different culture here, different values, different traditions in play. They don't really dwell on it. They don't really shove it in your face. It's just like this neat little thing that you can kind of see right away. And I, I kind of appreciate that kind of stuff. I don't want to see some weird looking alien every single time <laughs> you don't need to you don't need to include them you can just color a person blue or make him green you know it doesn't have to be this wild looking thing yeah he's uh his race has been in uh, in the movies before they're called uh ognots i want to say mm, okay ognots like egg- eggnog <laughs> yeah something like that i don't know okay it's interesting because at first at first shake you you think that these are just like really one dimensional simple characters, yeah? Because they all have like a very prominent character trait. Like you have the Agna, and he's got his little little catchphrase, and you have uh, IG Eleven, who's like, "I'm gonna self destruct." Yeah, you know, they start <laughs> every out, single time. Yeah. yeah, they they start out like oh, they all start out very cartoonish, but then you have a little bit of time, and you're like, "Wow, these these characters end up being pretty interesting." Because they give them room to breathe, and it's it's pretty nice. By the end of the series, they're like, "Wow, these they've had they've gotten depth and interesting, interesting stories and histories." And then you're like, "Shit, they're gonna die." <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're not afraid <laughs> That's to kill how them. He's always that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Also, like this movie does it well in that the action sequences they are not flashy but you're just like yeah heck yeah especially when you see the assassin droid the ig unit just like shooting things and just spinning his torso around his legs he can use double guns spin to like, win yeah spin to win <laughs> beyblade jutsu beyblade jutsu that's act, voice acted by taika which Taika's, is wonderful yeah, also when the episode that he directs, it's it's like prime Taika, like the dialogue. Oh he just focuses gosh. so long on these these long conversations that are just so full of dry humor and a, and a little bit of absurdity where it's just like it's awesome. It's a little bit surreal. You're like, "Man, this is this is funny." <laughs> you know? You can just imagine Taika like sitting behind the camera laughing his ass off too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this whole little little series is like it's got to be all the more all these directors these marvel guys they're like man disney owns star wars and we've like we've made them a decent amount of money right we can just we can just do some shit with star wars they must have all collectively gone together to disney and pitched it like yo we want to do some star wars stuff we have this loose idea it's gonna be a mandalorian and he's gonna he's gonna get his heist crew yeah <laughs> we're gonna do some <laughs> heisting <laughs> And Disney's like, have all of these dollars. <laughs> Sweet. It's and then so they all though. wrote parts for themselves in the series. Uh, Jean Favreau's in it. Dave Filoni's in it at one point. All the directors are in the show at some point. You can tell they're just having a blast making it, which which yeah. which translates to how much fun the series is. Well, yeah, like you said, everyone had fun doing it, and it kind of translates across the screen. Whereas if when I look at like new trilogy. 
I don't think everyone's having fun sometimes. The main takeaway from Rise of Skywalker was that he wasn't particularly motivated to do it, and he just wanted to get it over with. Mm. <laughs> the yeah. entire movie felt like, oh, let's just get this over with. I'm like, why? <laughs> why is that the Checking overriding boxes, emotion? You know? Like, did that, did that, say F you to Ryan Johnson, did that. <laughs> Run it to the end. You're like, damn, that's depressing. Yeah. When you think about the characters, it's like this generic heist crew scenario. You have the tech guy who's kind. Oh, Bill Burr. You had Bill Burr in that one of the highest episodes. Oh I forgot my God, about that. Bill Burr. Well, I guess yeah. we should talk about yeah. each episode. Like, okay. the, like it's, okay. it starts out and, you know, he's got this bounty. He's collecting a bounty on some planet and it's kind of deceptive and he, it immediately shows who he is. In, in like the first 10 minutes, you understand, oh, he's a bounty hunter. Oh, he has, he abides by some code of honor, but he's not necessarily a good person. He's, he's not, not really afraid a good to kill. Guy. Yeah. He's not, he has no qualms about just murdering everyone in the room. <laughs> you're like, oh, that's cool. <sighs> All right. I understand the character. And then he gets a very high value mission to get a target for an Imperial uh, guy, I guess Imperial warlord, that doesn't tell him what what it is and he's like it'll be worth your money and he goes meets up and it ends up being baby yoda and they Mm. never they never explicitly tell you what it is they've the star wars has never named yoda species it's just called yoda's species and i hope until the end of time they never tell us because whatever (laughs) it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty dumb because these things are never <laughs> it's just Kermit. It's just Kermit's. Yeah, Kermit the Frog. And then after I think episode three was it goes very episodic. He decides that he's not going to turn in Baby Yoda because he's not one hundred percent a dick. Yeah, <laughs> and he's way too cute. So he ends up stealing Baby Yoda back from the Imperial and murdering them, and then he has to go on the run from the Empire and all these people after him and stuff. Oh yeah, he goes to the rice paddy village with the thick lady (laughs) yeah he goes with gina carano i guess we should talk she's like the second member of his little little crew of misfits and gina carano has been in quite a few films i've never liked her because uh she's just not a good actress she has the physicality she's one of the only women out there that you can believe when she punches a guy in the head yeah, yeah, that's that's gonna kill him. <laughs> I, I felt it. I felt it. She looks like she couldn't fight. I mean, because well, she, she can. <laughs> yeah, because she can. She's from MMA. She was yeah. an MMA champion. When she kicks you in the head, she's really kicking you in the head. <laughs> but her acting is. This is probably the best it's, I've seen it. It's still not great. <laughs> it's pretty flat. Like it's one dimensional. She's very one note. But... Yeah kind of works for the character. I mean, she's a mercenary, it works. It plays to the strengths. And each episode is very self-contained. We mentioned this earlier, but it's very, very episodic. And a lot of people had problems with it. I'm like, this is how TV shows used to be, children. (laughs) (laughs) You're flipping through the channel, and you're like, hey, what's this show? Oh, it's pretty interesting, because it has nothing to do with anything that was in the show before or will be in afterwards. And that's fine. You just scroll into it and you're like, oh, I'm already invested in the story. And then maybe you'll check out future episodes. That's kind of how TV shows were 
back when you know you had like 10 season long and you shows that had to be like uh 26 episodes per season or something like that that yeah that like the next generation was like this where they had like 20 something episodes per season and you're like oh my god how do they have money for all of this back in the day and the answer is they didn't spend any money on anything yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everything's made out of cardboard duct tape <laughs> they had the bridge set like a couple hallway sets and then like one like a village set that they would they would trot out like every few episodes and then try to redress and, and try to trick you into believing it's not the same set you get a little bit of that, very little of that in this show, because they cleverly limited it to eight episodes. But there's still that, that goddamn Bill Burr episode. And Bill Burr, he was fun in this, but it was so distracting, because he's just Bill Burr in Star Yeah, Wars. I was gonna say, he's not a different character, it's literally just, just Bill Burr. There's a Bill lot of guns. <laughs> Bill Burr with three guns. Yeah, yeah. You're like, what the fuck, Bill Burr? <laughs> Get out of Star uh, Wars. I didn't find him threatening because it's Bill Bird, you know? It's just like, it's just a funny guy. <laughs> it was okay. I got, I yeah, got it was over okay, it. Yeah. But initially, you're like, what the fuck? I found the acting in, in that particular episode to be kind of over the top. Yeah. Everyone was kind of overacting a little bit. And I'm not sure why. Maybe it was to make up for the fact that they, they only had like two sets in this episode. They had the space station set and they had the one hallway set. And that was the entire episode. And they're just, like, coming through the hallway at different angles. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Jesus Christ. They're like, okay, cut now. Let's turn the camera this way and walk through this way. And now we're going to have the light strobe so you don't see it very much. <laughs> You're like, oh, my God. <laughs> it ended up being okay, but it was kind of yeah. distracting for me because I noticed stuff like that very often. One thing I, I didn't get was the big guy... He had a pair of doors closed on him, and he's just pushing them out, and then another set closed on him. And how the heck did he not die from that? I just want to know. I don't know, reasons. doesn't matter, but I'm just thinking of the first episode where a guy got, he just dragged the dude with this grappling hook through a door and then shot it so it closed, and then it just cut his body in half. So I was expecting the same thing to happen, but the big guy is alive. Well, that's because a, he's a big, tough dude. You're right. He's just a big, tough dude. I really like this episode because it kind of shows Mando doesn't want to kill if it's unnecessary. Especially if they're scrubs and he can beat the crap out of them very easily. He just throws them in the jail cell and then he goes in and talks to his old partner and turns the, the guy in to target. And they were going to backstab him and then he just backstabs him first. And I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, you got what you deserve. I, I loved it. He doesn't have qualms about killing people if they're just jerks you know this goddamn hallway set <laughs> can you imagine filming that it's just like okay run through the hallway this way okay now this way now from this angle okay well, now i'm gonna turn the lights off <laughs> it's just really funny because especially like in star trek there were so so many episodes like that they called in them bottle episodes because like the mm. entire the entire episode takes place in like the very like one set like a bottle set like they get trapped in a cave or they get trapped in a room on the Enterprise. They get trapped on, like, an alien ship. It's just, like, in one room. <laughs> the entire episode. And they stretched it as much as they could because, you know, they didn't have any money. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. 
I kind of find it nice in that there's more time to focus on the characters because you have no choice. Some episodes might be a hit or miss, but most of the time you just have so much time to spend with, with characters like on Star Trek that you just can't help but like them. Yeah. The overarching plot and people complain that like, oh, it's not the story's not going anywhere, we're wasting time with these little filler episodes. And then the final two episodes came up, they're like, Oh man, everything wrapped up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you just give the show time, people. You don't have to have instant gratification. It made me so sad that people couldn't wait another two episodes to just let the story play out. They're like, this show's garbage. This is why Rise of Skywalker is the way that it is. Because if people like that, it's your fault. (laughs) It's your fault. Yeah, just let shows take their time. You have eight episodes. Let them take their time to build up. And it did build up, and then it ended up being really great. It did. There's also really nice touches on, like, canon. Not canon. There's a lot of nice touches on, like, extra stuff. One of the last episodes, when they're in the lava, the uh, astromech droid stands up, and it's like a super buff R2 unit. With, like, <laughs> legs like oh my god. Yeah, like, what did that horrify? <laughs> it's one of the scariest things I've seen. <laughs> Oh, if I saw that versus IG, man, I'll run away from the R2 unit. Like four arms, six arms or something. I felt really bad for him. He just wanted to push his raft. Yeah. yeah. And then he gets shot and killed. <laughs> oh, he died a hero, you know. He died the way he lived, pushing the On lava boat. boat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of nice moments like that in this series. Very little of it is cheap. Not, like, yeah. inexpensive, but, like, cheap laughs or, like, cheap character moments or anything like that. It's it's all it's all done with care. It's earned. Yeah. They earn it. They earn all the deaths. They earn, like, all the little funny moments. There's a lot of great humor, especially involving Carl Weathers, who, if you remember, played Apollo Creed <laughs> in Rocky. And he's just great. Oh, he's, he's got so much charisma. And every line he delivers is just wonderful. He's basically like the Han Solo of the series, a little bit. Uh, a little. Just a little. Like a swarmy guy, you know, is kind of questionable. He's, kind but... of, he's a little bit sleazy. Yeah, a little bit sleazy. I just love it because he's got some absolute comedy gold. Like, come on, baby, do the magic hand thing. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got three fingers up. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And it just works. It, it works, works yeah. Oh, yeah, like going back to what you said about the show earning stuff, there's such a huge difference because in Rise of Skywalker or Force Awakens, or maybe even a little bit in The Last Jedi too. but they're like, see, this person died, so you have to be sad. And I'm like, no, I'm not, because I don't know who that person is. There's no reason why I should care. Whereas in this show, you know, you got to know Quill over the entire season. And then he dies protecting baby Yoda. And you're just like sad because you know who that person is. And if, you know, won his freedom and he just died. I don't know, man. Rise of Skywalker, when the fat pilot guy died, I was super sad. Because he was the only fat guy in the entire universe. Oh, you're right. You're right. It's a little weird. How is everyone not fat? Well, I mean, Jabba the Hutt, maybe. But I mean, but that's just the species. You're right. He's not fat. That's just the way his species is. You're right. He could be skinny. Fat pilot guy was just fat. <laughs> He's just a fat guy. 
Wait, and now that you bring them. it up, there's no fat people in Star Wars other than uh, the jail keeper, the rancor keeper in Return of the Jedi. Uh, I think I think he was a non-human as well. Oh, darn it. You're right. I, th- I want to say. There's a six-boob lady, but she's not human. Wait, is she human? No, no she's, she's not, not human. human. Humans don't have six boobs. What am I thinking? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Like there's, there's basically no fat guys. <laughs> hmm. It's very <laughs> it's interesting. It's super sad. Star Wars is now like a, a super, super pro LGBTQQ whatever, but, no, but apparently they're not pro fat people. You're right. They're discriminating, bringing the fatties back in. <laughs> in the Mandalorian, they kill the fat people too. This fat right. old guy dies. <laughs> right, but at least he's in the movie or in the TV show. You know, like they show him. That's true. That's true. By the way, this sequence we're we're watching one of the episodes. This sequence, all those pilots are directors. That's interesting. Oh, I'm surprised those guys didn't die. Usually when people jump into like an X-Wing, they die. <laughs> Unless yeah. your name is Luke Skywalker or Wedge and Tila's. You, you know, you die. Yeah, you just die. Yeah, these, these three were directors of various episodes. Uh, this was a great scene where... The, this is the prison heist episode where the prison guard pushes a button that calls in a squad run to destroy... In case they got infiltrated or compromised, they just follow up the beacon and just shoot it. And uh, Mando takes it back to the headquarters of the old guy who was going to kill him, to betray him. And he just drops it there. And then the X-Wings drop in, drop out of hyperspace and just blow it up. And you're like, yes, <laughs> yes. Deserve the scumbags. And this is like a nice little scene where he screws off the ball off of one of the controls and hands it to Baby Yoda so he could play with it because he did that before. And I was like, oh man, just there was a horrible death and then now you got a little, little scene with the baby. <laughs> yeah, all the writing around the baby is really... The reason it works is not just because it's adorable. It's because all the little stuff is w- well written for him. I yeah. don't know if you've ever had to take care of kids, but all the crap Baby Yoda gets into is exactly the same crap the kids get into. It's like, stop touching that, and then they look at you, and then touch it. Yeah. <laughs> like, damn you. The actual kid, you know, like, eating frogs, too. I'm pretty sure that's normal. <laughs> yeah, like, like, a toddler will put everything into their mouth. Yeah, everything. If you look away for half a second, and then you turn back, and then their cheeks are, like, puffed out. You're like, what's in your mouth? And then they scream and run away from you. And you're like, damn it. <laughs> Come back, baby. <laughs> that one video. It's like, what's, what's that in your hand? A knife. And like, no. <laughs> no. Yeah. That's exactly how well, kids are. Yeah. So all like these misadventures with the baby Yoda are 100% believable. Yeah. Because he's just a baby. <laughs> Although the timeline is very confusing because he's 80 years old and still like. A baby. <laughs> like completely a toddler like yeah. even slightly pre-toddler because you can't talk at all yet i'm glad i hope he never talks. i hope he says one word like mando or something and then he just never talks again i'm i'm curious how they resolve it because it would be really it'd be interesting if you just watch him grow up for the next like 16 seasons oh my God, like teenager yoda <laughs> Like teenage Yoda, Yoda goes to college. Space pot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hate you, Dad. You're not my dad. <laughs> and Amanda looks sad. You're not my real dad. Do you know how many people I've killed for you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. <laughs> 
Also, like, I want to go into, like, just a little bit here because we're just, we're not going into specifics because, you know, don't want to spoil too much. But I really like the writing. I think the quality is there. Uh, I think there's a lot of thought going into what happens and that things make logical sense. So there's one scene. Uh, so the, the metal that they use for the Mandalorian armor is Beskar. It doesn't really matter, but it's really valuable. Worth a lot of money. So uh, you see that Carl Weathers, after the job, he, he's like, I'm rich too. And he pulls out a little little piece of Beskar and puts it back in his uh, shirt underneath his coat, whatever it was, his tunic. Take a look at this plot area. device. Yeah, look at this plot device. Puts it back in. <laughs> and then later, uh, Mando shoots him. And you're like, oh no, Mando killed killed uh, our Han Solo a substitute here. And you're kind of sad, but then he gets up. Pats his chest and the armor piece, the plot device protected him. Plot armor. <laughs> Literal plot armor. But like, I like to think that Mando saw that and he shot the Beskar on purpose so that he didn't kill him. Um, that's what I want to think. That he, you know, if he can't avoid killing, that he will. And I think that's been shown a lot of times. I would be happy if they just never explain it and let you figure that out for yourself. I'm just imagining that because that's how I see Mando. But, you know, things like that. There's a lot of neat touches here and there where... They refer back to plot elements, they build things up, they foreshadow stuff, um, and it pays off. They earn everything, whereas in the newer trilogy, stuff just happens. It's just like, see this thing? Here's a MacGuffin. But stuff happens, there's another MacGuffin. Oh, it's the end of the movie now, <laughs> you know? Like, nothing yeah. matters. Yeah. 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 <laughs> It's less the the world building and more just like character building. Yeah, definitely. They like give you plenty of time to appreciate the characters. They give you plenty of moments to build them up. Carl Weathers spends the whole series getting saved by plot devices. <laughs> yeah. he gets saved by the Beskar, and then at the end he gets saved yeah, by by, Yoda. by force healing. Yeah, and we're we're gonna talk about that right right goddamn now. This was released, I think, every Saturday, I want to say. Either Friday evening or Saturday. Mm -hmm. It got put on Disney+, and that episode was released three days early on Wednesday. So people could watch it and then understand that force healing is a thing. And then go watch Price of Skywalker, where it's a critical plot point. (laughs) So people would be less upset about it. Uh, I wonder. I wonder how early they really wrote that into the script. I wonder if it was like a studio mandate, or if J.J. Abrams watched it and he's like, "Oh, I'm putting that in my movie." <laughs> I don't know, cause like it was referred to in the episode where the Jawas are like chanting Suka, and oh no, wait, was it that episode? There's an episode where Mando gets hurt real bad, and Baby Yoda's just like waddling up to force heal him, and then Mando just puts him back in the crib. So you don't get to see it happen. So like, you, you, uh, like yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, I think it's the episode. This episode, yeah, Suka, 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 Suka. 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 <laughs> oh god, I I wonder if that's the same in in Russia because Suka <laughs> in in Russian is an, a very not good word. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I maybe they're aware of means. Like this is the way. Like <laughs> like knuckles. Come on. <laughs> This is the way. Yeah, they know their memes. I don't know if it's intentional or not, but if it is, it's brilliant. I mean, I I, I took it less as that. It's more, um, I, I kind of found it a little bit dopey, but I was I, I still enjoyed it. I, I did too, yeah. It was more like a Bushido type thing, I think, right? Yeah, probably. 
the way of the warrior, like a warrior's creed, or chivalry, or Bushido, or something like that. It just makes sense to me. It lets them ha- conveniently hand wave a lot of stuff. It's like, mm-hmm. why are we doing this? This, this is, the, is way. the way. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just immediately on board. They're like, all right, let's go. <laughs> it's so convenient. I, I'm I'm so impressed that they sold everyone on that so well. Yeah, me too. I'm sure that when that episode came out, and like all the writers and directors are sitting, like piling in a room, just watching reactions. Like, oh, I hope it works. Hope it works. <laughs> hope it works. Yeah, it worked. <laughs> I think they you're like we could lean into that forever. <laughs> like before, it was the force, right? It's yeah. like well, where are we going here? The force, <laughs> and now that's ruined forever. So yeah. instead, we have this is the way. <laughs> Swear to God, they better not ruin this. You know, Ryan Johnson is still directing a new Star Wars movie trilogy. I'm kind of hyped for that. I don't know if that's canceled or not, but it's still up on IMDb for pre-production. Oh, because they threw him under the bus. So I'm figuring that they won't let him have another go at Star Wars. I, I'm pretty sure the last six months and into the coming financial year are going to be very tumultuous at Lucasfilm because clearly the the sequel saga has not done well, as well critically and financially as they had mm-hmm. hoped. Yeah. I mean, it still made buttloads of money. But I mean, Star Wars is a, is a is a multi billion dollar franchise, and they expect greater returns than they they've been getting. So they're probably discussing things with like Kathleen Kennedy. It was like one of the last things uh, George Lucas did before he left was to, was he personally named her the head of the studio, hmm. so she had creative control. So everybody complaining about Kathleen Kennedy and like like clamoring to throw it back to George Lucas, he put her in that position. <laughs> okay, this is oh the... wait, can we talk about this real quick? Yeah, she was not a Disney executive throwing in like a social justice warrior into the total control of Star Wars, like a lot of people for some reason are assuming. George Lucas installed her in this position. So okay, there's one thing that makes me really angry. So I've been. You know, I read the Reddits like everyone else once in a while. I don't do it too much because, you know, it's not good for you. But I've I've been seeing this thing where they're like, oh, George Lucas is, you know, he'll be interested in taking back the reins of Star Wars if he has full creative control. And everyone's like, heck yeah, like Return of the King and all of this. I'm like, guys, have you not seen the prequels? George Lucas in total control. That's what it looks like. You get Jar Jar. You get... You got that awkward conversation between Anakin and Padme. You don't want a Star Wars movie with George Lucas 100% in control. You want to pair him up with someone else who can actually direct and write dialogue. You want him in charge of like the general big picture ideas. Don't give him 100% control. That's sort of what they did for The Mandalorian. It wasn't like a creative producer at all, but they consulted with him for certain ideas. Like Jon Favreau and Dave Filoni met up with him several times over the course of this production and just bounce some ideas off him. That's how it's supposed to work. Lucas yeah. is really good at that. Like That's the best way to do it. Just be like, hey, George, what do you think of this? He's like, well, I think you should uh, have more uh, funny characters and like make some more toys. Like, okay, George. Make Yoda, but a baby. It's like, brilliant. <laughs> Genius. I can see the money rolling in. And then have everyone else write, direct, and produce it. Because yes, otherwise, yes. it's going to be bad. <laughs> it's going to be bad. Look at Return of the Jedi. That is the worst movie out of the original trilogy. If you honestly look at it, 
I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot of fun happening, but like that's a movie where Lucas had more control, and it was gonna. Oh, it was going in bad places. It was going in Ewoks, please. <laughs> no, yup, yup, no. More like nope, nope. And that's just like, oh man, like I don't know why people for, forget so easily. What is wrong with them? Yeah, uh, I mean, people are dumb. They they can only remember like the last five minutes of their lives. They're like, oh, I hate the new sequels. Therefore, they must be worse than the prequels. And they're just like, no, no. They just <laughs> yeah. are not. Yeah, they're not. <laughs> they're just not. You can harp on them all you want, but they're just not. By almost any metric, they're not. Yeah. Yeah. Like, people have claimed that the prequels are more, like, creative and have deeper writing. No. And you're like, do they really? <laughs> yeah. Do they really? <laughs> Love has blinded you, Anakin? <laughs> really? I hate sand. Yeah. It's rough, of course, and it gets everywhere. Okay, I think the only way the prequels win is that it has better memes, all right? Let's be real. The prequels, the prequel memes, they're gold. But other than that, you know. Yeah, because comedy equals tragedy plus time. Yeah, right. Okay. right. <laughs> and those movies Absolutely were tragedies. Right. Yep. <laughs> Not intentionally. Not intentional <laughs> tragedies. Like, people are trying to paint them. No, yeah, it's not Hamlet. No, no, no. Okay, no, they're just tragically bad. They don't get better either. The prequels are only going to grow worse with time. Yeah. Anyway, back to the Mandalorian. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to say that I don't think the show is really groundbreaking television. I don't think it's the most astonishing thing we've ever seen. Yeah, but me it's, too. It's just, it's just good. It's just enjoyable. It's fun. It's well done, well crafted. What more could you ask for? <laughs> Uh, return of IG-11. He gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He gone. Spoiler alert, he died. <laughs> he self-destructed. He finally got it. He got his wish. I guess we should talk about the ending. Do you want to talk about sure, the ending? Yeah, briefly? let's talk about the ending. Oh, it's, so, it's such a good episode, too. So, ending episode, Moff Gideon is, becomes the big bad in the final episode. He comes in, he shoots Werner Herzog, which is a crying shame, because Werner Herzog was a lot of fun in the, in the yeah. show. Every line he delivered, you're like... Man, you're nothing about you should fit into this show, <laughs> and yet here you are, yeah. and it's great. May I offer you a libation to celebrate the end of our joined narrative? <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> the fancy man. Oh, it's wonderful. Oh, he's so great. If you don't know who Werner Herzog is, he's, he's this um, fascinating uh, director that does inter- very interesting documentaries, and that's what he's very famous for. Highly celebrated. Great guy. Apparently a wonderful actor as well. Oh, how did they get him for this? I don't know. I don't like, know. hey, Werner Herzog, do you want to come deliver some pithy lines in Star Wars? <laughs> it's an astonishingly good cast. It's just, this feels a lot like Cowboys and Aliens in that it's just- It does. Like a bunch of buddies getting together like, we're doing Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Cowboys and Aliens part two. Yeah, you want to be in my movie? Yeah. <laughs> Why not? And they're just having fun with it, and that's what makes it sincere. Yeah, and sincere. Fun. That's a great way to put it. It's very sincere. If I could sum up this entire series in one word, it would be sincere. Sincere in its love of Star Wars, sincere in its appreciation for like all the trappings that, that, that this universe has offered us. Sincere. It's a great way to put it. But anyway, Moff Gideon. He's the big bad at the end, and they're fighting through, and uh, several people die. 
including unfortunately Queel. You're like, no, Queel. No. <laughs> no. And then IG eleven goes out like a like a damn hero with his Terminator moment. Walking in literal lava. <laughs> yeah, literally walking in lava. <laughs> that final little teaser at the end. It wasn't even post credits, it was just like the that final little shot. Uh, that's the dark saber. In case the internet hasn't already spoiled that for you in five hundred million videos, it's the dark saber, which is a light special lightsaber that was made by the first and only Mandalorian Jedi in history. Oh, really? Many, 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 many generations ago, and he was he was an actual Jedi, and when he died, the Jedi Order retook his lightsaber, and then Mandalorians stole it from the Jedi archives, and since then it's been carried by the a leader apparent of the Mandalorian peoples or Mandalorian culture called I want to say they're just called the Mandalore or she okay. they're the ones that traditionally hold on to the dark saber so that's what that thing is so you're telling me Mando's going to take it back and become the leader yeah that's where the conflict is going to come from in the future supposedly and it kind of makes sense because they spoke about how he oversaw like the uh, purge of Mandalore the planet hmm. right there's a lot more lore in there, too, in the background, having to do with the animated series. There's, like, whole characters and stuff that I'm not too familiar with, because I haven't actually watched the animated series. Me neither. But that's what that thing is. It's not just a knockoff lightsaber. I thought it was a vibrosword, you know? That, that's what people would think, too. No, it's an actual It's an actual lightsaber. The oh, dark okay. saber. It looks cool. It looks like an actual sword. It's a literal laser sword. <laughs> it reminds me of, like, Jedi Outcasts when you could pick your saber colors and you could pick, like, black with, like, a mm. with like a white outline, and that's what it looked like. It was so cool. Yeah. It's nice that there's a lot of lightsaber colors in the extended universe, and thus far they've only showed us green, blue, red, and spoilers, orange, or whatever Ray's was. Yellow, maybe? Yellow. Was it yellow? I don't even know. I don't even care at this point. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'm done with the new trilogy. Other than Last Jedi. I mean, they all have different meetings and stuff. But anyway, so there's a whole background there based on the Darksaber. And the cool thing is, you don't really need to know about it. <laughs> yeah. You don't need to know about that stuff at all. You can just understand visually based on that final shot and like the entire aesthetic of Moff Gideon. He's like... Kind of like a knockoff Darth Vader, essentially. Dude, that was like a movie poster right there, where he just climbs out on top of his TIE fighter. Yeah, his whole outfit, the way they frame him and shot, you're like, oh, okay, I get it. He's an imposing bad guy. And that's all you gotta know. If you're like a super fan, this is the mark of fan service done well. If you're like a super fan, you can get more out of the scene. But it doesn't yes. detract from the scene if you don't know. Oh, that's such a good way to put it, yeah. It should be a way to expand your enjoyment of it, not yeah. take away any, if you don't know anything about it. Totally. Do you have anything else to say here? Uh, I think it was well done. Uh, I don't really care if they have a high budget or not. Like, I just love the characters. Like like you said, it's not really stand out in any, any way, shape, or form in any regard. But it's just that I, I love the characters so much. And that's all I really want. That's more important to me. Unless you have a really cool story that you're going to tell. But it has to be extremely well done. I would rather see characters that I want to see again and again for anything, for movies, TV shows, books. That's the most important thing for me. And the show has it. I will say the soundtrack was a standout. Oh, you're right. The soundtrack was really lovely. That theme song is stuck in my head. Yeah. 
you feel the western vibes in it yeah you can feel it's so great because i think this is the first star wars soundtrack that didn't sound like a ripoff john williams soundtrack you're right it felt very distinct they had they had like a couple there were a couple moments where i think they had like the star wars theme like as a stinger you know bum, mm-hmm. bum, 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 like very briefly very briefly but otherwise it just maintains this great original soundtrack and i i really like that i appreciate it should we do closing thoughts yeah yeah i guess i'll start the series is slow but i think well paced i appreciate this pacing it gives you more time to appreciate the world they're building the characters the story and just the the phenomenal visuals because this is very aesthetically pleasing it's one of the best looking tv shows i've ever seen by a very significant margin you can tell they've sprinkled disney bucks all over the screen the mickey mouse dollars or, or something else very memorable characters the plot is surprisingly straightforward but that's kind of how star wars has always been the plot is not really where you're getting the majority of your enjoyment it's just yeah. these wonderful characters and settings just the basic framework to to put all of your your great characters, situations, all all these all these great things on. I think that Mandalorian as a character works pretty well. He's just the guy with a with a silver bucket on his head. Never takes it off. Uh, they take it off once, but he's he's not a human, so it's okay. <laughs> Loopholes. <laughs> it's perfectly fine. Yeah, it's perfectly fine. That just demonstrates their commitment, their commitment to the story itself. Because in, in most other productions, there would be that, like, the Tom Cruise vanity moment. Yeah. Why aren't you wearing a helmet? It affects my concentration. And I have to look good on camera. I'm like, oh, man. It's not something you have to do. But I appreciate that they established their own rules for it. And they more or less stuck to their guns. Other than that, this is a really good show that's managed to give us great memes, too. Usually it's the bad shows that give you good memes. Oh, you're right. Like the prequels. The prequels yeah. are bad, and they gave us wonderful memes. But this is good, and it gave us great memes. How genius is that? I put it down to fantastic work by John Favreau, Dave Filoni, Taika Waititi. I feel really bad for not remembering the other directors, because this was directed by, I think, four different people. It was Dave mm. Filoni directed maybe, I think, one episode. Taika directed one. Emily Chen? It was directed by several different people, which is an interesting choice because sometimes that can lead to a really disjointed tonal feel. Yeah, I kind of like the new trilogy. Yeah, imagine yeah. that, having two different directors. But it, it worked for this because they, they made it very episodic, which was clever. Yeah. And I, I, for one, found it kind of refreshing. People are used to very cohesive, very focused narratives, but this kind of... It meanders off the beaten path a little bit and gives you a little bit of sightseeing before you get into your final final narrative thrust. And that's fine. It's enjoyable. A slice of life. Yeah. <laughs> slice of action. <laughs> slice of spaghetti western. Uh, yeah. This Star Wars I can recommend to a lot more people, I feel, than regular Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Mostly because Baby Yoda is so goddamn cute that a lot more girls are going to like it. 
I feel like you can recommend this to uh, almost anybody. It's just, it's fun. It's well done. There's lots of elements for, for many for people from any walk of life. And I appreciate, I can't say this enough. I appreciate them just taking time on things. It's fine to slow things down. Come on. <laughs> so I guess I'll give it a score. Um, I'm probably going to give this show eight and a half Suicide Squads. Oh, okay. Eight and a half Suicide Squads. Very respectable. There were a couple weaker episodes. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't particularly mind that they only had one set to work with, but some of the acting was a little bit rough in a few places. It's perfectly fine. It doesn't detract from the show overall at all. How about you? Uh, yeah, I I love the characters in this show. Like, again, I don't really care if they lower the budget by any means, as long as you bring the characters back. And this is kind of like the first time in Star Wars, beyond the original trilogy, where I'm like, I want to see more of these characters. Like, I'll bring them back, you know? Because you just want to see more of them. Even the ones that died, you genuinely feel sad that they're gone now. And they're kind of missing that in Star Wars. So I hope, I really hope that for the new trilogy that they're making, because I know they're going to keep making Star Wars movies, please, for the love of everything that is good and holy, please focus on the characters. Do not do what you did for the last new trilogy, where it's just like action scenes after action and just like not focusing on anything at all. Characters, narrative, I don't know what you're doing there. Like, is it fun? Sure, it's fun and enjoyable. That's great. It's kind of weird because like for me, when I look at it, I felt like the new trilogy should have been like a TV series and that Mandalorian should have been like the movie like i feel like this is higher quality and i got more out of it and it impacted me more than than the new trilogy and it's kind of kind of weird it's backwards to me also there's a funny scene at the very end where the stormtroopers are punching baby yoda and you're like oh you jerks and then they die a horrible death and you're like yes (laughs) (laughs) they earn it they earn everything even small things like that it's so good but yeah, I'm going to give it a 9 because I think the same reason as you. There's there's flaws to this. It's not perfect, but I love the characters and, and the things that happen so much that it's just really up there. But more than the prequels, more than the new trilogy, but slightly underneath the original trilogy for me. That's fair. I think it's more accessible than the new trilogy, honestly. I mean, this looks better. It's, <laughs> like, there's, it's more humor in there. I think, yeah, I think it's probably more accessible for yeah. people just because shorter episodes, Baby Yoda's cute. Yeah, Baby Yoda's so cute. And Carl Weathers is just a, just the goddamn, he's the man. Yeah. <laughs> he's so much fun. There's so much charm and humor too, like that one scene where they're holed up and uh, they can't really get out and there's a bunch of stormtroopers outside and they're going to shoot him to death. And he's just drinking. <laughs> he's just there with his gun out, yeah. and they're like, we're gonna kill you, and he's just like, carefully pulling out a bottle and pouring himself a shot. <laughs> like, oh, that says so much. Yeah. I'm not dying sober. <laughs> <laughs> and like, they don't really need to like, have a guy look at the camera and tell you, we are going to die, or like, I am this kind of person. They show it. Like, they earn everything. It's just well done. It's well crafted. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Anything else? Yeah. This is the way. 
This is the way. <laughs> this is actually the way, Disney. Do more stuff like this. Yes. Okay, well, I guess we'll end there then. This is our final episode. We're finally done of our 12 Days of Star Wars a special. We're covered at The Mandalorian. Anyways, thank you so much for dropping by. We really do appreciate it. And catch you guys next time. Thanks for dropping by, guys. Stay pointy. Stay pointy. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way.